0: The Houston neighborhood of Allen Field isn't fancy.
1: It's a little two-street neighborhood. There's one way in, one way out. We didn't even have streetlights growing up. I mean, that's how small of a community it was. No streetlights, no stop signs, no nothing.
0: But when Dolores Mendoza, who grew up in Allen Field, moved out to give her daughter the nice house in the suburbs, well, it didn't quite work out as planned. I hated it. I
1: didn't even, I lasted barely over a year. I moved right back. Dolores missed the place where she grew up. And I came from an area where my mom lived next door, my uncle lived next door to my mom, my grandma lived next door to my uncle. Um, You know, even as I got older and I moved back, my sister lived across the street from me, my other sister lived next door to me. So I, you know, every other house was an immediate family member.
0: The sense of community in an area that's so small and rural that there isn't much data on the population Saved Allen Field whenever floods came, which was a regular occurrence in the area.
1: Whenever we would have these floods and things like that, um, there was always people that would say we knew a flood was coming or a storm was coming and people would go around the neighborhood you know, any hours of the night and, you know, honk and, and let everyone know that the waters were rising, you know, it was
0: time to move out. But over the past few decades, the flooding has gotten worse.
1: So as a child, um, the flooding was fun. You know, I didn't, it was, we get a day off of school, we get to play outside, we take apart our little tykes, you know, toys and float in the ditches with them. Uh, I'd say my, the biggest flood when I started to notice that it was now changing and getting dangerous was when Allison hit and I was uh, almost 15. Um, That was the really, the first instance of like,
0: okay, this is scary. This is serious. 2017's Hurricane Harvey was the turning point for Dolores, Allen Field, and even Texas. When
1: um, Harvey hit, my brother-in-law and my brother helped residents escape the the floodwaters because they were so high. Um, They they were up all hours of the night doing that.
0: Harvey decimated Houston and Harris County in particular. A total of one trillion gallons of water fell across Harris County over a four-day period. And according to the county, the storm impacted the residents of each of Harris County's 23 watersheds, and it's estimated that more than 120,000 structures were flooded in Harris County alone. Still, when the notices came in 2020 telling residents of a program that would pay to move people out of Allen Field, out of the floodplain, and resettle elsewhere, it was a shock. The program was not voluntary.
1: At first, um, no one really believed that it was a mandatory program. Um, I I don't know if I was the first one to receive an email, but I was one of the first that started to question things.
0: Dolores' family and neighbors also got letters telling them to leave.
1: Everyone at first just did not want to leave. We, I mean, no one wanted to go. That was our community. We didn't want to leave.
0: Dolores eventually realized that moving made sense, but she says no one from Harris County which was responsible for the program came to Allen Field to talk to her neighbors she became the pioneer the point person helping others navigate the system
1: they don't want to talk to someone through an email or a text message or a zoom call you know introduce themselves and 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 actually speak and listen to what they're asking and 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 explain what's going on Um, That's something that wasn't done here. And it and it's it's people still have so many questions, you know, two and a half, almost three years later.
0: And though Dolores, a mother with a full time job, is committed to helping everyone in her close knit neighborhood, she knows she's playing a part in helping a place close to her heart disappear.
1: I, I honestly don't think there is even any community left in Allenfield. I mean, it's it's almost like a ghost town. There's so many vacant homes or vacant lots now of homes that were torn down or demolished.
0: How do you think they should go into valuing the social and emotional ties of such a community?
1: I don't feel like they've taken into account the emotional or the the, the communities, the, the stress, the mental things that are happening whenever something like this is going on.
0: Today on the show, it's the efficient solution. Move residents of a flood zone to new homes and new lives. But the Allen Field neighborhood of Houston is more than houses. It's a community. So how are family members and friends there dealing with a home buyout program that is no longer optional? And as climate change ushers in increasingly violent weather events, what can government officials and other precarious communities learn from the story of Alan Field? I'm Mary C. Curtis, filling in for Lizzie O'Leary, and this is What Next? TBD, a show about tech, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around. For the last 80 years or so, the government has tried to help people who live in flood zones. That has meant, at times, subsidizing buyouts to enable people to move from areas that get hit over and over
3: again.
2: Basic idea is that there are some houses that are just going to flood because for a long time you could sort of build whatever you wanted anywhere until we had better zoning laws and sort of better flood plain maps and all that, right? That's Amal Ahmed.
0: She's a reporter in the area who covers the environment. She wrote about the mandatory buyout program in Harris County for Grist.
2: So um, the idea is instead of just letting folks flood over and over again, you're paying out insurance payments, you're getting government money to the same houses that are flooding over and over again.
0: Harris County, the most populated county in Houston and one of the largest counties in the country, spent $342 million and purchased more than 3,000 homes between 1985 and 2017
2: buy out the house, right? Give give folks a chance to move somewhere else where they're not going to flood, demolish the old house, turn it into some sort of flood control project. So a lot of times that means literally just demolishing it and returning the land to a green space, right? So removing things like pavement and all of that, and then the the water has somewhere to go, right? Like it goes back seeps into the ground. And the additional benefit is that it should reduce flooding in other areas.
0: When Hurricane Harvey hit Texas five years ago, Congress set aside $4.3 billion under FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And Harris County, which was hit particularly hard by the storms, got a lot of money from the government to buy out residents' homes. Up until this moment, buyout programs were often voluntary. Residents were allowed to choose whether or not they would participate in the program or stay in their communities.
2: So you're protecting other communities further downstream and you're moving people out of harm's way, right? Like that's sort of the ideal, perfect scenario. The government has never or doesn't typically, um, you know, use eminent domain or sort of force people into this because a lot of people are, also don't want to have to live through that over and over again, right? Like it's traumatic, it's expensive, especially if you're in a neighborhood where, you know, maybe the property values are lower.
0: Since 1985, the county has purchased more than 3,100 homes for people to move into. But after Harvey, Harris County, flush with federal relief dollars, decided the flooding was happening too often in these communities to allow them to stay and made the buyout program mandatory for six neighborhoods. Residents in these small, flood-prone areas can no longer stay.
2: I mean, the essential principle is the same. Allen Field which is one of uh, a handful of sites in in Harris County where the mandatory program's happening, right? Like this is a place that has flooded a lot. So the idea is get folks out of the floodplain, you know, give them safer housing. Um, but now, you know, folks can't say no to it. There's no option to say, well, I want to live here and I'd like to see, you know, how can we make the neighborhood safer in other ways, right? Like that's just not an option anymore.
0: How does the program work? Does the program help you find a new home or just pay you for your existing home, the
2: value that they come up with? In this case, it's the pre-Harvey value of the house. So whatever the house was sort of worth before any damages from Harvey or wherever, right? I think it's important to note that in a lot of ways, the mandatory buyout um, has a little more flexibility in funding that actually, you know, might make it a more fair program. The county's allowed to spend a lot more money per per, I guess, household, right? So they'll buy the house that you're originally in and then they'll match like whatever difference it takes to get you into a similar house that's in, you know, not in a floodplain. They'll cover that difference too. In this case, right? Like Dolores' house was maybe 60 or $70,000 and she moved to, into a house that was worth, you know, maybe three three or four times that much in a different neighborhood. You know, they covered the that portion so that, you know, she didn't have a mortgage on her her first house. She's not going to have a mortgage on her second house, right?
0: The government tries to keep residents close to their old homes.
2: There are different incentives to stay in Harris County. So you get, you know, a little bit more money towards the down payment or whatever, right? If you stay in the county instead of moving out of the county. So there's more funding and more leeway in this program as it's, as it's designed than like the voluntary program.
0: Are you saying that they're not looking at just what the house was worth, but they want to find folks a comparable house? And that's really the
2: governing piece of it when they are moving folks? I think comparable house can mean different things to different people. Even for Dolores, right? Like she's now paying a lot more in like HOA fees and taxes. Her costs have gone up in a lot of ways, right? Or folks who like have a lot more land, they're not being able to find that. Or if they run like a business out of their, their lot, right? Like if they're moving into like a subdivision with like a lot of rules, are they still able to do that? So there, you know, there's certainly like questions and tensions about like, what does that mean? What does that look like practically, right? It's not always just like numbers and then property values.
0: Part of the reason that the program in Harris County is mandatory is that voluntary programs allow residents the option to stay behind, meaning the county needs to provide services and stay involved in a community that's consistently being devastated by floods.
2: And a lot of these voluntary buyout programs, what you end up with is like what's called checkerboarding. So you might have a couple of people here and there that end up taking it, but then you've got other folks who don't want to do it. So they stay there. If it's from a flood control perspective, that's not effective, right? Because then you've got, you've got to do the upkeep and sort of the city services for the folks that live in the neighborhood still. Voluntary buyout programs are kind of hit or miss, right? Like it really depends on how well-coordinated the county or the community can be to like really get everyone on board with this, like move out of a neighborhood. So that's sort of one of the main drawbacks of the voluntary program is that, right, like whoever doesn't take it is essentially stranded in that neighborhood.
0: Well, this leads to the question of how residents of Harris County are feeling about this program. On, one, on the one hand, it looks like, oh, you get to be moved out to maybe a nicer place. But in your reporting, what do they say to you? This is
2: sort of the central tension, right? Is that you're? Um, it's a community that's very close knit, and that is just no longer going to exist, right? Like folks are scattering where they can, right? So different suburbs, different areas. Like you know, it's it's not sort of an intentional program where you're really moving a whole community. It's sort of like piece by piece. When you're able to do that coordination, you get to hold on to these social ties, which actually you know, have a lot of benefits, the sort of benefits of of having a really healthy, strong community and being able to retreat collectively is something that, like, is actually more common with folks who are wealthier and, like, maybe white neighborhoods, right, and have sort of the social capital to be able to do that versus um, lower income communities or communities of color. Like, that's not always the option. So you end up breaking a lot of those social ties and all the sort of benefits that come with that, you know, get scattered or or, you know, weakened. When we come back,
0: how residents in Allen Field are grappling with the loss of community.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: I'm a little curious if you could explain more about how the people of Allen Field ended up settling here and how racism has shaped the community.
2: Green's Bayou, which is by Allen Field, is actually one of the watersheds that has like the highest concentrations of poverty by watershed in Harris County. When you hear folks from an engineering perspective say, well, there's nothing we can build that would save this neighborhood, you have to take that with a grain of salt because it's also representative of a lack of investment historically along this bayou, right? So there are places in Houston where you have these bigger infrastructure projects and they typically have gone to neighborhoods where the property values are higher, because a lot of these determinations are sort of this cost-benefit analysis. Are you saving like two dozen homes that are worth like $60,000 a piece, or are you saving like downtown, right? Like those are two very different calculations. And when you're dealing with like a limited pool of of infrastructure funding, that's where the money's going to go, right? It's like where you're going to make the most impact. Allen Field,
0: which is on the outskirts of Houston, is a tiny rural community. And so Harris County often decides it's not worth building out basic infrastructure projects, like fixing street lights or stop signs, let alone flood control projects.
2: When you're driving through it, it feels a little more like, how am I like this close to the fourth largest city in America, right? Like it feels like an in-between, almost like a rural area and like a big city, right? Like you're so close to everything, but you'll see like people riding horses around, right? Um, so the, the kind of drainage infrastructure, for example, is really built for when the unincorporated county was a lot less populated. There's a lot less pavement. There's a lot less everything, right? So you've got these like big ditches that run through a lot of these neighborhoods and that's supposed to be, okay, the water goes into these ditches. It empties out into the creek. The county doesn't come out and do a lot of maintenance. And you hear this a lot, like not just in Allen Field, but other parts of Harris County, right? Um, That you call 311, no one's going to do anything about it. Like the drains are clogged. So a normal rainstorm will cause all sorts of puddling, right? Um, Which can just lead to like... You know, maybe it's not flooding, like maybe your yard just gets a lot of water because there's nowhere for it to go, but then you've got like mosquitoes everywhere (laughs) because of the standing water. So at least all those sorts of issues, even like during Harvey, right, like a big part of why folks have their own connections is because first responders don't really go out to those areas. You know, you can call, but like typically people aren't coming out to save us. That's why we do it ourselves.
0: Another thing that struck me from your reporting was that the residents of these communities have to decide whether to make improvements to their homes to protect against floods or hold out until their home is bought by the county, since the county has told them that any improvements to their homes won't be added to the value. And so you're playing this, walking this tightrope, can I afford to keep it as it is when we're still having these weather events? How do residents grapple with that dilemma?
2: The winter storm that we had here in 2021 caused a lot of damage, for example. So you have folks that just never fix that because it's like, well, you're you're putting money into something that it's, it's just like a money pit, right? Like you're never going to see that back. Um. So for some people, like, you know, they made the calculation that like, well, I need to have running water here. Like I'm not moving out before the buyout. So it is what it is.
0: But when a natural disaster occurs, individuals are often left to make difficult decisions about what to do based on what they can afford, leaving them in a vulnerable position.
2: Even with this buyout program, which is supposed to benefit folks, like move them out of harm's way, like the process takes so long that you are sort of leaving people vulnerable until it's over. The county hasn't started in every neighborhood at the same time. So it's just kind of like an open-ended question as like when you're going to be move when you're going to have to leave. And so you just, I mean, it's, it's hard to plan around that, right? Like if a hurricane were to hit this season, right? Like what do you do?
0: Well, you're taking a chance with how you're going to survive and get through some of these weather events. But you'd think with them coming fast and furious that the county would want to move pretty fast to get them into new homes. So could you talk a little bit more about how the process has been going?
2: It's just a long drawn out process because it has to be, right? Like it involves getting money from the federal government, moving it down to the state and local level. Those wheels have been turning for like years already. It's just this slow moving wheel because you're dealing with, you know, it's not like you or I going out to buy a house because we want to move out of this neighborhood. Like you could do that, you know, you could just do that on your own. And that would take like, what, a couple months maybe. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's because it has to go through this this whole process. And there are so many people that have to go through it.
0: On top of that, residents are saying there isn't enough communication from the county on where they are in the process.
2: A woman named Lena who did all the paperwork by hand because she, you know, she's a little bit older, like doesn't have a smartphone and all of that. Um, can't get in touch with her caseworker for like weeks on end, right? Like doesn't really know the status of her paperwork, like where everything is, like when anything is is moving. So you run into all of those sorts of issues too. Maybe it's like a personnel issue at the county level, right? Where the folks on in the county, you know, on their end, like they're dealing with a ton of things and like maybe not prioritizing or whatever, right?
0: By all measures, the homes that residents are moving into as part of the mandatory buyout program are nicer than the ones they had in Allen Field. But what they lose in the process is a community that's been around for decades, one where the people have come to rely on each other in their daily lives. As residents move, they're increasingly disconnected from each other. The program isn't designed to keep them together.
2: I imagine a lot of it is just like the housing market if me and my sister wanted to buy two houses next to each other, like that would sort of limit where we could look, right? So, um, and then with the added constraints of like, it has to be a specific type of, you know, comparable housing and all of that. But then also like everyone in the family is like working in different timelines. So Dolores has moved out, but like some of her other family members haven't. So what's available when they're looking, right? Like it's it's probably not going to be the house next door to the one that she bought. The loss of community
0: is often overlooked when we think about climate change initiatives like buyout programs or managed retreat. Governments are more concerned about getting people out of harm's way and turning lands into green spaces to help fight future flooding.
2: I can't think of programs like environmental sort of programs like that that really do take that into account generally, right? Like sort of the value of these social ties and and community, like that's just, you know, when you're relying on things like cost benefit and, you know, physics and like science, right? Like that's not really, that's not really something that you can quantify the same way. And it, I think it very rarely makes it into these decisions.
0: It's easy to imagine that communities like Allen Field will be displaced and and lose their support systems in the future. We can probably predict more mandatory buyout programs. How can governments, in your opinion, move these communities in a way that doesn't completely upend them? It's, have, are they talking about ways to make this possible?
2: Nobody came to Allen Field and asked them, you know, the folks that live here, how would you like this program to be designed? They're usually very top-down approaches. And I think, I think the folks in Allen Field, you know, expressed that they felt that way. I mean, I'm sure the county would disagree to some, to some extent. You have to ask people what they want and what they need. And again, like I think credit where credit's due, right? Like the county did make some effort to make sure that like undocumented folks were going to get a fair deal out of this too. Like make sure that those kinds of concerns were heard. I think when you've got folks that are working from a top-down approach and they're not embedded in a community and there's not really that robust sort of public discourse about it, like you're going to run into these problems, right? Because
0: of climate change, Flooding is only going to get worse. And buyouts are going to have to continue as areas that are populated become uninhabitable following storms, which are becoming bigger and more frequent. Whether future buyouts are optional or mandatory is unclear.
2: You know, it's sort of up in the air. I mean, there there are more communities in Harris County where this is going to happen, the mandatory buyouts, right? But I think... From the county's perspective, like, they don't know when the next $4.5 billion round of federal funding is coming through because something the size of Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. That's where this money is coming from. Um, So how do you really plan the next buyout when you don't know when the next hurricane's hitting, right? That's bringing in all that money.
0: Amal Ahmed, thank you for your reporting and for talking with me about it.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Amal Ahmed is an environmental reporter at Floodlight. And that's it for our show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell. Our show is edited by Tori Bosch. Joanne Levine is the executive producer for What Next. Alicia Montgomery is the vice president of audio for Slate. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. If you're a fan of the show, I have a request for you. Become a Slate Plus member. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. We'll be back Sunday with another episode. Filling in for Lizzie O'Leary, I'm Mary C. Curtis, columnist for Roll Call and host of its Equal Time podcast. Thanks for listening.